Hello, this is Minute 95 of As If, the podcast about Clueless, where we talk about Clueless minute by minute. I am Darren, your host, and with me today is the host of Minutes uh, 18 to 22 and 53 to 57, and that's, and that's Dan Coaster. Hello. Hi, everybody. Today's minute is credits. We're in the, the second full minute of credits. Uh, this is the first full minute of scrolling credits, yeah. which are on a black background with a, a nice kind of light shade of green. Um, in the ad lib font, which, oh. as I previously mentioned, is the font that is used for Rotten Tomatoes as well as Clueless. Very interesting. Um, we start with Paraudasm's name as it just yes. scrolls <laughs> off the screen. We go through the whole cast and we finish up just as we get to the end of the dialogue editors, uh, one of whom is Andy Summers, but I don't think it's the famous <laughs> Andy Summers. <laughs> I think this is uh, just a just a guy called Andy Summers, yeah. basically. And so the song that he's playing, it started uh, just before this minute started, about ten seconds into the end of the last minute. Yeah, this uh, the song's called "Need You Around," and it's um, played by a punk um, pop punk band called the Smoking Popes. Uh, they were they formed in uh, 1991, and I think went till like 2005. Um, I hadn't heard of them, Darren. I don't know about you. <laughs> no, I don't think I have. It's got like a, like a, uh, like a crooner type voice, you know, yeah. a, more of a crooner than a punk. Yeah, it's a bit, it's like, I wouldn't call it like a punk song. It's very, like, it is very guitars and drums, but it's a little bit slower than you would say you would expect for like a punk song. And yeah, like you say, the, the vocal is kind of a bit more, uh, tuneful. Yeah, uh, than I would expect for like a a punk song. Um, it it sounded it, less generic than you would find on a '90s soundtrack. Like uh, Cameron Ratchman and Amy Heckling went to a lot of trouble to get a lot of kind of up and coming bands. Um, although they also seem to have a habit of picking bands that basically lasted about five to ten years after this film <laughs> came out, and then were no longer together, or they picked bands that were unknown at the time but are now huge like no doubt or yeah uh, radiohead if indeed no doubt are still a going concern which at time of recording <laughs> i don't think they are but not not gwen sure stefani gwen stefani is still huge yep. and obviously she married and then divorced the english fellow that's true um, who, who who stunningly is a grandfather um, wow uh, by a different by a different marriage, I think. Before he was with Gwen Stefani, he had a kid. That kid had a kid. So he's been a grandfather for about five or six years now, and it is insane when you think of like <laughs> lead singers of like bands from the nineties being grandfathers. Yeah, it really or, is. That's just such an odd. At that point, you're like, yeah, we're definitely starting to get old. He he's just too handsome. He's like, you, you just look at it. It's like that's just not fair, handsome, you know. And, well, Gavin oh, and he's the lead singer of a band. Too. Yeah, Gavin Rossdale. Yeah, yeah. And oh, you're a lead singer of a band too. Great. We get uh, Miss Ms. Stoger, 
uh, that's worth noting because Misgeist was identified as Misgeist and Mr. Hall mm-hmm. was identified as Mr. Hall. Yeah. Uh, Miss Stoger is identified with the Miz. Yeah. Uh, Julie Brown, obviously a comedian. She's been talked about a bit before. I think you talked about her during minutes yeah. 18 to 22. So we're not going to go too much into that. You did actually miss that um, Herb Hall uh, is the principal, which is based on the real Mr. Hall. Um, he was in minute 22, yep. very briefly right. introducing Ty. Um, and I just wanted to talk about um, like the, the kind of the first couple of big names that we get. And I say big kind of in inverted commas here. We get um, Susan Mohan, who is better known as Heather, the pretentious girlfriend that everyone seems to hate. Yes. The uh, be- beret wearing. Yeah. Um, Hamlet misidentifying um, <laughs> Heather. And she basically only appears really in Clueless. I tried to. I looked on IMDb to see if she had more of a career, and it turns out she was on like one episode of Party of Five the year before this. Um, you know, Party of Five obviously is populated with a number of, um, well, at least three teen film icons. Would you say? I mean, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Lacey yeah. Chabert, and Neve Campbell. You've got Scream. Yeah. You've got uh, Can't Hardly Wait. You've got. Um, well, not another teen movie, which is taking the Mickey out of yeah, like, but also Mean thing. Girls. So mm-hmm. <laughs> you you've got like three kind of really big, um, and and to blow your mind, <laughs> the 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 baby who was who was in like um, part of five yeah. would now be older than Cher. So wow, <laughs> <laughs> so that shows you how long ago part of five was. Also, Adam Scott, not a teen movie star, but um, he's a, a fellow podcaster. He uh, he did a he did a guest run on uh, Party of Five too, just a little bit. Yes, of tidbit yeah. of knowledge. Yeah. And uh, Scott Grimes was a regular, and he does the voice of Steve Smith on American Dad, and has done for like, <laughs> almost a decade now. No kidding. What, yeah, animation. Well, obviously, it's funny, of course, because American Dad took over the time slot of King of the Hill, which had Brittany Murphy in. So that's right. Yeah. Susan Mohan was also in um, Virtuosity, where oh. she was a bystander. Man. Uh, it says, I don't think that is a big role. I think that's just a background. No. And she was on two two separate episodes of Nash Bridges playing <laughs> two different characters. <laughs> so, And that is that is where her career ends in yeah. the year 2000, basically. She hasn't done anything for the last 16 years. Um, so, you know. Yeah, that's interesting when you've you got somebody that's in a movie like Clueless, which will be watched forever, and this person, you know, just that... One role, and they didn't really go on to other things. It's interesting, and it is, and that is a big, like that is a big part. Like Cher gets one over Heather. You know, Heather is with Josh essentially. Yeah. I'm assuming they break up sometime before spring break. Like it, it, it's a it, like it's a big thing that she's she's in this film. Like, yeah. She's not like a small background thing. No. In fact, the actress the actress I'm about to speak about next probably has less lines, but is possibly a little bit more well known as a character, and that is uh, Nicole Bilderback who was Summer. Uh, she's the one who suggests that they play Suck and Blow. And um, <laughs> Clueless, Clueless was her debut film. I, 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 thought, I've seen her in, I thought I've seen her in different TV pro- projects. Uh, you probably have, because she, she did a lot of TV. She, did, uh, she was on Dawson's Creek for a couple of seasons. Yeah. Uh, she was on Buffy for one episode, which, I, which is where I kind of remember her from, actually, because that was the, the episode The Wish, which is a really good episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, she... She's, I mean, she's basically done kind of like CBS procedurals. Right. But most notably, she was a cheerleader in Bring It On, along oh. with um, What's Her Face, who was also on Buffy, um, whose name escapes me 
she played uh, Glory, I think. Or anyway, I can't. I can't the, think of it. She, they're like a, they're like a team. Nicole Bilderback and this other cheerleader <laughs> whose name is escaping me. They they basically like a pair of like very bitchy cheerleaders. Yeah. Um, it's Claire Kramer. Claire Kramer, who played Glory on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, was also, and because she was on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, that was where I, when I saw Claire Kramer with Nicole Bilderback, that was kind of, I was like, oh, they were both <laughs> on an episode of Buffy. But yeah, so five years after this, Nicole Bilderback was still playing a teenager. <laughs> yeah. Um, in Bring It On, which uh, I think is quite funny. That's pre- Yeah, um, that's pretty good, though. Yeah, if you could still pull it off. Especially as... When Clueless came out, I think she was like 21. So by the time Bring yeah. It On came out, she was like 25. <laughs> so she, that's... she, uh, she managed to, she managed to, uh, that's, that is of course the cliche is, you know, 20 year olds playing teenagers in teen films. Not completely true of this because Christian and Ty and Cher in this film were all teenagers. And uh, I mean, so. the, the laws being what they are with the minor actors, you really, you can't. Yeah. You can't really produce a movie as easily when you when you're do, using the minor actors. And I think, of course, like the, that's also one of the things with like um, younger, you know, like sixteen, seventeen year olds becoming emancipated so that they can work slightly longer hours. Yeah. And I think that was also true of Alicia Silverstone. I think she was by the time she she did this. By the time she did Clueless, she was already emancipated, so she could basically work like an no. adult. So. Wow. It wasn't a problem to have her. Now, here's the next name I want to talk about. Sure. I mean, on the credits, the next one is the the DMV tester. Um, he's a, he's a fun guy, but he was discussed quite a lot. And we've got Lawrence played by Sean Holland. Now Sean Holland returned for the TV series, but not playing Lawrence. He played a different character. Oh, really? Same actor, but he played a different character. But the name I want to cover, and someone who uh, what he was in only in minute ninety one. He was only there at the at the wedding. Wow, right at the end. And and that is the priest. Um, and that is that is all his character gets. And he was played by uh, Carl Gottlieb. And to some people, that's a name that means nothing. But <laughs> yeah, he was the, he was the screenwriter for Jaws. Yes, yes. And oh, he shit. he directed he directed a film called Cavemen. Um, yeah, with Ringo Starr. So, <laughs> so um, yeah. and he 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 was also a um, a writer on um, the Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour and um, Bob Newhart Show, All in the Family, Odd Couple. He was in. He he acted a little bit in um, Mash. Um, Is he in Jaws? Uh, I there's. I think he. I think he like the. He's he's certainly in the like in the interviews for the documentaries yeah, yeah. of the behind the scenes stuff. I have a. I have a feeling he was probably on set. There's uh, one guy. Because, there's one guy yeah. who hangs out with the mayor. It might be. The, it might be the reporter. I'm not. I'm trying to remember. He kind of looks like. Um, uh, who's the guy that played Meathead on uh, All in the Family? <laughs> oh man, I get that. Call uh, Rob Reiner. Call Gottlieb. Yeah, he was in um, Jaws as Meadows. It's weird because I don't think he really like other than like after like Jaws. I don't and obviously directing Caveman. He he did this. He did the screenplay for The Jerk, and he he did the he did Jaws 3D. <laughs> they brought oh, him back for wow. that. Um, but he like. Clueless is kind of like the last thing he did. He's like he basically um, worked a lot for the WGA um, out west, like uh, on the board of directors and stuff like that. So he kind of really got into kind of like the union stuff, but he he wasn't really doing much writing. 
Um, but he was basically he was basically hired by Steven Spielberg personally to to, to come and work on the script for Jaws to wow. kind of help flesh out some of the characters and stuff like that. Um, so at the end of the cast, we get a couple of stunts listed, a stunt coordinator and a couple of stunt, well, a stunt man and a stunt woman. I'm going to assume that the stunt man was probably, I think actually I remember they were in the cars, you know, the cars that yeah, get hit. Right. Uh, as Alicia Silverstone's driving, I think the stunt woman was the essentially a stunt driver, uh, Jill Stokesbury. I think she was the driver for Cher and Troy Robinson, um, I think was in the car that gets hit when she's doing a driving test, if I remember rightly. Because um, no. otherwise, I can't. I can't think of much place for stunts, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I, I think this, this, like, it doesn't cover the skaters either, because I think the skaters go uncredited. That's different credit, yeah. So, now, yeah. Well, I don't remember the scene, but when um, uh, she gets hung over the mall's balcony, uh, I can't think of yeah the, the actress. Yeah, so Brittany Murphy. I, I, yeah. I, Brittany Murphy. I, uh, I don't remember if you see her face. If that could be a, like a stunt person, or I think you do see her face. I think that was just Brittany Murphy. I don't think. Yeah, I don't just think being dangled, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the guys who uh, the guys who hold her up actually the the uh, the Barneys. Um, <laughs> they they're they're substantially taller than her. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if they were just uncredited stunt guys. Okay. Like yeah. the way that they, they they you know just there to hold her. Right. It's worth noting as well that the bartender that Christian flirted with gets a credit even though he didn't say a word, and his name is Anthony Beninati. 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 Okay. Yeah. I don't know how you'd. Yeah. So no. interesting that he gets a credit without having to say a word because generally yeah, you only get your name in the credits if you talk. So he know, was, maybe but there's more. He was doing a lot of. Um, he was like he had a lot of screen time where he was talking to yeah. a major character, but not you couldn't hear anything that was being said. So maybe yeah, maybe he did something and you just couldn't. They just didn't get it recorded from that right. distance or whatever. But so and then we start to get into the crew and the first name that comes up is one which I'm sure will amuse people, which is William Heine. Um, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, he spent what appears to be like a large period of the se- like seventies and early eighties working on like disaster movies. Disaster on the coastliner sounds like an interesting one. Desperate voyage. Um, he he worked on the seventy six Star Is Born. Yeah. Um, this is this is all as a um, art director. Um, and as I'm finding with a lot of these people, who, you know, some of the crew, they worked on clueless but then they would also do like other um teen movies and in particular he also did never been kissed oh yeah and then after that he did bicentennial man and john carpenter's ghosts of mars and then most recently he did uh raising helen that was his last credit in 2004 that i can see um which was um it's like a uh, what's it well it's a gary marshall film and yeah. it has um, Kate What's Hudson and that? yeah, Kate Hudson Kate is like Hudson. raising a, a kid or something after yeah. someone dies in a car crash or something. And uh, it also interestingly has John Corbett of oh, yeah? the Boy Next Door <laughs> fame. So there's a connection for you. But he he also did um, Wild Things and Basketball. Um, and I mentioned on Monday how much I love basketball, which horrified Amy Pascal because um, I don't know why. Actually, I'm not sure why she was so horrified <laughs> at that, but. And then we get the rest of kind of like the set decorator, camera operator, all the all the guys who are basically under Will Heine on set. Mm-hmm. 
all the uh, the different prop guys and the set dressers and then kind of after that we then get the the lighting technicians and we get the the grips uh, and you know the gaffer all all the people responsible for kind of you know the lighting and yeah, stuff like the, that the tech crew right yeah and the next big department we get to is uh, hair and makeup and i wanted to talk a little bit about the the key hairstylist on clueless which is um i'm gonna have to double check how you kind of say her name but it's uh, nina paskowitz mm-hmm. i think is how Sounds you would say it and she was just like she was just a hairdresser for a number of films leading up to clueless uh, like, I mean, I think the most interesting ones are Internal Affairs and Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Big and, movies. Yeah, and Camp Nowhere. Oh, yeah. I, I think, is that a Greg Araki film? I think, or am I thinking of something else? I can see the box art, but... <laughs> the cover art, but I can't think of the... Oh, no, I'm, the, I'm confusing it with something else. This is a Christopher Lloyd... yeah. Uh, vehicle yeah so and then the year before she did clueless she did the mask uh she was the the head the hair department head um and then obviously she did clueless and she did species as well um and then the year after i'm assuming on the recommendation of um jim carrey she did the cable guy oh and it's interesting because um after she did the cable guy uh nina paskowitz's career kind of changes a little bit because she goes from just being the general kind of hairstylist and i have to say in clueless she did some amazing things yeah like alicia silverstone's hair at the wedding looks amazing dion's hair at the wedding with all the flowers in the mm. braids that looks amazing everything she did with tie like kind of the the you know from the pre-transformation tie to kind of giving her when she's yeah. when she's done her makeover and she's got like those bouncy curls like everything like it, in terms of the hair that she did for the kind of the three main girls was just like brilliant and of course amber's crazy hair yeah amber's crazy hair yeah anything that had to do with fashion or hair in this movie had to be of its time had to be stylish sometimes had to be a little bit ridiculous but not like a cartoon so uh, you know her she she definitely did her job on this one and it seems to have led to her getting like a bit of a promotion because after working with ben stiller on the cable guy she was then she did the key she was a key hairstylist on uh, Zero Effect, which I think that was got Ben Stiller. It in. does, Ben Stiller. Yep, directed by Jake Kasdan, son of Larry. Yep. Um, and then uh, this is a weird thing: is she, she was well, she then did the Green Mile, which uh, wow. you know Huge. I don't know I don't know the hair is amazing, but that's a big film. That's a shame. And then she did the the Grinch who stole Christmas. Ugh. So once again, working with Jim Carrey. Yeah, there was some crazy hairstyles in that. Yeah, movie. no, there's yeah. a there's a lot of the who's I think. Yeah, the hair on that that's that's a lot of work. Absolutely. Um, and she also worked again with with Jim Carrey on The Majestic. Um, yeah, so, and another Frank Darabont movie too. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yep. So, uh, and this is kind of what happens now: is she works with Keanu Reeves on Sweet November, and she's credited as his hairstylist. So she's moved up from just being someone who does all the hairstyles to just working on Keanu Reeves' hair. Really? And she did that for Hardball as well with Keanu Reeves, and yep. something's got to give. And um, I think she also did The Lake House. So she she basically. Yeah. Did like a lot of Keanu Reeves hair for a little while there. Um, he had all that then, Matrix money. He had all that Matrix money, yeah, and he's like, "Just yeah. stay with me." 
He's like, yeah, he's like, uh, uh, she didn't work on either of the Matrix sequels, though, so... That's weird. Okay, so they had a falling out. <laughs> so she, she, well, well, they were filmed in Australia, weren't they? Right. So I guess right, she didn't right. want to, she yeah. didn't want to travel to Australia. Um, but then she worked with, um, she was, she was Amanda Bynes' hairstylist on She's the Man, which is a, a teen comedy, of course, based on Twelfth Night. Yeah. Um, so, and in that, Amanda Bynes has to pretend to be a boy. Mm-hmm. So I guess there's kind of a bit of a, a, a kind of hair challenge there to make her <laughs> yes. kind of look to look boyish. Um, but then she she goes back to working with Ben Stiller because um, she became his personal hairstylist for Night at the Museum and Heartbreak Kid. Um, and then there was a couple of other ones, I think, later on where she kind of went back to working on his hair as well. But in between, she seemed to have... Like, she did... Um, the hair on Iron Man. So I'm assuming she also probably had something to do with uh, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. getting that Tony Stark uh, goatee. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then she worked on a film which I don't think many people have seen, but I saw it in the cinema, um, called Spread, which is about Ashton Kutcher playing a... Um, I guess you could say a gigolo? Um, yeah, no, <laughs> I haven't seen this one. He, he goes out with like Anne Heche and a couple of other like older women. Um, huh. uh, it's also got uh, Margarita Lavivia in, who was also in Adventureland, and she was yeah. in um, she was on the TV show Revenge. Um, but that was directed by a guy called uh, David McKenzie, and he also directed a film called uh, Hallam Foe, which I think in America might be called Mister Foe, hmm. um, and he also directed Startup. Was his like a film that came out Is that a, that, last that, year? Oh no, I was th- there's a documentary called Startup. I think. Oh no, Startup is like a it's like a prison film, a British prison film. It's got what's his face, uh, the Australian guy who was in The Dark Knight Rises, and gets, I can't remember his. That's that's a really weird way for me to try and get to that. Actually. Oh yeah, uh, uh, Ben yeah. Mendelsohn. Well, yeah, it's got, it's got Ben Mendelsohn in, and it's got. Yeah. Um, I know what you Jack, mean. Yeah, Jack O'Connell, who was on um, who was on the TV show Skins, um, but yeah, but anyway, that director David McKenzie, his most recent film is called Hell or High Water, and it is yeah. If it's not out as this episode comes out, it's in cinemas very soon. But yeah, so Spread was a film that he directed, and Nina Paskowitz, she just did general hair for that, but that seemed to have got her in the favor of Ashton Kutcher because then for Killers and um, Jobs. And New Year's Eve and a couple of other films. She was uh, Ashton Kutcher's hairstylist. Um, And and she also worked for Hugh Jackman on Real Steel. Um, So she is like whoever the biggest male star in their like yeah. early 30s <laughs> like that's who she's yeah. who she's well she also for. she also did um liam neeson's hair in um taken three as uh, well oh so so it, she, age yes. doesn't matter she's just she will she's a hairstylist to to the male star that yeah. is that seems to be the the role i mean recently in the last couple of years she's done a lot more tv stuff because she did parenthood um for kind of like the, the final season and she she did the the show heartbeat uh, which I don't know if anyone ever saw, no. but it was on NBC. Uh, it was going to be called something else, but then it, they changed the title to Heartbeat, and it was going to be on the, uh, like September 2015, but they pushed it back because Mel- Melissa George got pregnant. Um, Melissa oh, George, no idea. Like a, a heart transplant surgeon. Um, 
<laughs> so, I mean, I watched it because who doesn't love Melissa George? She's great. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, she, from Clueless to now, Nina Paskowitz has kind of made a step up from just yeah. being a general hairdresser to being the hairstylist to the stars. She really has, um, yeah. It sounds like her. Yeah. So, and then... After that, we get the um, we get the assistant hairstylists, uh, one of whom is called DJ Plum, which I like. I think yeah, that's a good, it's a good name. That's a good name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we get <laughs> Scott Rudin had three assi- no sorry four assistants wow. on set. I know. Um, and then you get the assistant to the to the director to the well. In fact, it's it's worth noting here that the the assistant to Amy Heckling. Amy Heckling is called Ms. Heckling. So, hmm. uh, Amy Heckling making a choice there. Yeah. Because <laughs> the, usually when, when the personal assistants are listed, and this is something that like I, I always notice, uh, particularly if you're sitting through all the credits for a Marvel film and you see how many on-set assistants they have, because you're like, oh, Scarlett Johansson needed two assistants. Right. <laughs> oh, Robert Downey Jr. had three assistants. Oh, and publicist. Yeah. And they're all getting credits. But you notice that the assistant is always to Mr. or Mrs. or Miss. Like, they they never say yeah. assistant to Scott Rudin. It says assistant right. to Mr. Rudin. Yeah, so they always weird, do that. It's a weird kind of quirky kind of crediting choice that they go for. Uh, and we get the production coordinator, whose name is Yoli Poropat, which I think is a great name. Um, and then kind of the next big thing we get is the costumers. Um, and which the, is huge in this movie yeah and the main costumer because I, I think there was um, I can't remember if she had I think I think this is the I don't think this is the woman who did all the kind of clothing uh, because I don't think the costumer does that I think that's a, that's a different credit and I think we already covered that on like Tuesday yesterday mm-hmm. or Monday but this costumer she also worked as well as working on Clueless, she worked on Blank Man, which is a, a kind of yep. <laughs> an odd kind of thing. But she also worked on A Night at the Roxbury. And then after that, she also did um, Slackers, which is a 2002 film. Yes. Which has Jason Siegel in. Yep. And, Devin yes, Sawa. Devin Sawa. Yeah. And um, Laura Prepon. And I'm trying to remember who the other girl is. Uh, and a nice, like a nice uh, turn by Jason Schwartzman playing a real creep. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think a little too easily playing a yeah. Kind of a <laughs> oh yeah, the the other the other girl is uh, she was credited at the time as James King, but now she's mostly known as Jamie King. But she was a model. Um, but it's worth noting in the film. Um, there's also uh, Gede Wanatabe, who of course is a veteran of uh, teen movies, um, but. Aside from Devin Sawa and Jason Siegel and Jamie King and Laura Prepon and of course Jason Schwartzman, um, there was also Jim Rash and Nat Faxon are both in that film. Oh, cool. um, Oscar winners for writing yeah. the screenplay of The Descendants, which was of course disputed by the director, who was not happy that they got that an Oscar. Shitty. <laughs> yeah, there was uh, um, Isabella Braga, who is who we're talking about here, and her name, by the way, is, is spelled incorrectly in the credits for Clueless. It's spelled with a double L when it's only actually a single L. Um, she was also a key costumer on Crossroads, the yeah Britney uh, Spears, Britney, the Britney Spears vehicle, vehicle, not the the nineteen eighty six guitar dueling vehicle. <laughs> right. And she returned to kind of teen movie <laughs> stuff with uh, High School Musical three, where she was the costume supervisor. And that is kind of where she's been for the last kind of decade. Um, 
on mostly TV series. And it's worth noting that she she was the costume supervisor on Ben and Kate, which of course has yep. Nat Faxon in. Uh, Faxon, yep. But but also the hairstylist we just talked about. She was also she did the hairstyle for the pilot of Ben and Kate. So two people working together yeah. again yeah. Uh, yes. from Clueless. So uh, yeah, and then then we get to um, some assistant editors. I've already spoken at length about uh, Deborah. I think Chiati is how you'd say her name. Yeah, who did the editing? She did a great job. Some of the kind of particularly the stuff where ta- you know. Um, Cher realizes she's in love, and there's like lots of cuts back to earlier minutes and all that kind of stuff. Really, like, the, you know, well, obviously the key it, to, yeah. yeah, the key to being a good editor is that you don't notice it, but some of the stuff that is kind of noticeably edited is really well edited. Um, and then we get the music editor, uh, post production sound provided by Todd AO Studios. Um, and then, like, what the kind of the last really interesting name that I want to talk about. In these credits, which finish with, as we said, the dialogue editors. Um, and just before that, you get the ADR and the, the, the sound effects group. I don't know kind of what sound effects were yeah. in this. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but uh, the supervising sound editor, and I don't know, like, that's not a, a thing that I'm particularly familiar with. Uh, but the credit goes to Uncle Jay Kamen, <laughs> which is such a... Old Uncle and Jay. I, yeah, and I, it's weird because I, I kind of like that credit, but it's like, huh? What, yeah, does, right. what, huh? what does that guy do? <laughs> but, um, yeah, so he's like a sound editor for Clueless, but he'd also been like an ADR editor before this for um, Karate Kid Part 2 and Eddie Murphy Raw and Look Who's Talking, which, of course, was written by Amy Heckling. Yep. Um, Problem Child, Look Who's Talking 2. Um, the film Mobsters. I don't know if you've ever seen the I film do. Mobsters. Yeah, it was yeah, which like is Richard Grieco a... and all young. They're all like the, <laughs> te- the the twenty something of the time playing mobsters. Well, I mean, like Christian Slater was the big name, but yes, also Patrick yeah. Dempsey, uh, McDreamy, oh, yeah, right. who of course yep. um, you know was a, a big like he was in uh, was it Can't Be on, Buy Me Love was his big yeah. teen movie that he was in yeah it was which yep. surprisingly very, very few people have actually talked about Can't Buy Me Love on this podcast but uh, <laughs> there we go and also weirdly enough um, an actor called uh, Costas Mandalore yes um, th- who he, you know he was in that um, but the way I know him mostly from Saw 4, 5, <laughs> 6 and 7 that's <laughs> yeah was he on Picket Fences the show Picket He was Fences. on Picket Fences, yes. yeah. He played Kenny Lacos on that for four four seasons. With um, my last name is Costa, so I, that name always stuck out to me. That it was his <laughs> first name. So uh, yeah. that and I I believe there was a TV movie or a really cheap mo- movie version of The Fist of the North Star, uh, a live action of the anime. And I believe he's in oh, that right. too. Oh, I mean, he's done. He's like he's done a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, but like I say, I mostly know him from the Saw films. Yeah, Uncle Jay Kamen. He was credited as such um, on a number of stuff. He did like RoboCop three. He did Sneakers, which is a film I really enjoy. I like. Uh, he did, he stayed on the Look Who's Talking franchise to Look Who's Talking Now. He did So I Married an Axe Murderer. This is all before Clueless. Uh, and then he did Quick and the Dead and Clueless in the same year. And then after Clueless, he did um, The Jura, uh, which was the Demi Moore. Um, yeah. I don't know. Was it Demi Moore or am I confusing it's the, that with it's the... the... Yeah, Demi Moore, Alec Baldwin and uh, JGL. 
Yeah. 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 JGL's her son, isn't he? Who's witnessed yeah. something and yeah, they're trying to fix a trial. I remember seeing the trailer for that on a lot of, of like DVDs and stuff. Um, that was when then, I was working at Blockbuster. So that, that was prime. <laughs> yeah, uh, movie so you guy. remember it well, <laughs> but yeah. And then his final kind of credit in the sound department is as an ADR editor on independence day oh. in 1996. So if you're going to go out like, yeah. Uh, big, then that's a way to go out. He also worked on A Night at a Roxbury, but he was an editor by that point. Um, so there's a lot of people oh. from Clueless who worked on other films together. Um, but also he did the first kind of like nine episodes of the Clueless TV show. Um, so obviously Amy Heckling. Game, yeah, yeah but, and that was just as a regular editor. So obviously Amy Heckling kind of gave him a promotion and uh, brought him across. Um, and then he... he, he he then was like a supervising editor for some of the episodes after he'd been the editor. So obviously he was basically kind of um, (laughs) winding down in terms of uh, his, his importance. Um, But most recently, all I can find from him is he did a short in 2010 called not your time where he basically seemed to do everything because he's like producer, composer, writer, like everything basically. Um, And he did another, he did a, he directed a segment of something called stars in shorts, which um, I don't know what that is, but that came out in like 2012, and that was kind of like the last thing that he did. But these days, he's mostly credited just as Jay Cayman, rather than uh-huh. Uncle Jay Dot Cayman. So, that was this thing. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was that was why I was like, let's look this guy up. Right. Um, but yeah, so he directed a segment of um, Star uh, Stars in Shorts, which has Lee Tomlin and uh, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, Lucy Punch. Uh, basically like a whole bunch of people um rupert friend gets a writing credit um rupert friend best known as uh the guy on homeland who he's like the yeah they keep him around and i don't know why they've kept him around but like hero <laughs> knightley tom Mizen, jason alexander there's a lot of a lot of people kathy and yeah. jimmy there's a lot of people in these uh this stars in shorts thing um i don't know where it is but uh nope. it came out came out in 2012 so there you go um, and that is kind of where our credits end. I mean, we get the ADR and we get the dialogue editors and, and that's it. The credits keep on scrolling and the smoking popes keep on playing. Yeah. Uh, and that is, that's kind of where we finish. So Dan, thanks for being a host on 10 episodes of, uh, of As If. Oh, it's been my pleasure. I loved it. Uh, I think it was nice that we could get someone from Boston to cover the boss tones. Yes. Um, <laughs> they were wicked <laughs> good. Thought, <laughs> yeah that, that felt like a good match and uh i i i mean you also whilst in between being a um a host you've also started your own podcast uh about your time in Bl- in blockbuster which i, I believe you uh, you mentioned a, a couple of times whilst you were a host yeah, um so I, if you want to tell us about the episode of that that is out this week as people can hear this episode we are doing um mission impossible rogue nation so we get to see Tom uh, get running around and uh, being all serious. And uh, we're going to talk about our top five spy movies. So I like the movie, so I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah. I think that opening with the plane, like him hanging on that side. Yeah. I, like, I don't care that it was harnesses and they, they, they got rid of him later or whatever. He was still on the side of a plane. The and they did yeah. that like, what was it, like nine, ten times they did it? It was amazing. The, it, that was such a great opening. It is so uh, exciting. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and I think, like, obviously, um, 
maybe uh, Ghost Protocol kind of suffers a little in comparison with Rogue Nation because I think Rogue Nation is just a slightly more coherent film. Yeah. Um, and the I, guy who I plays the villain in Rogue Nation, uh, oh, I can't remember his name, but he's like an evil Simon Pegg, basically. He's been in, he really he's is, been in yeah. Few, he's been in a few films, but he's, he's a really good actor. He's very so, mousy. He's got a very mousy yeah. quality to him. Obviously, uh, if you want to hear more of my voice, and after this week, who wouldn't? Um, you can also hear me on, I've made a huge mistake, on Monday, as episode 93 went up of As If, we would have been on episode uh, 3 of season 1 mm-hmm. of uh, Arrested Development, and tomorrow, episode 4 will go up. Um, yeah, which is, um, I don't think, episodes like 5 and 6 and 7 and 8 were broadcast in the wrong order, so... That's where things get complicated, but I think episode four is where they were still broadcasting stuff in the order they should be in, um, and that is um, that. That's the episode key decisions, um, which you know was a fun discussion all about <laughs> Job. He uh, he actually says the name of the podcast twice. Oh. In fact, I think he says it three times in the whole episode. <laughs> he breaks up with Martha and says, I've made a huge mistake. And then he gets back together with her and says, I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> um, <so laughs> and when he's in, and I think, I think in, then when he's in prison and he's in the cell and he realizes that you're not going to be able to pass oh, the key. that's right. Yeah. He says, yeah. is that the final word? Yeah. Is that the final thing he says in the episode? Maybe. I'm not sure. No, no, that's like the that's the end of the first act. <laughs> that's the <friend>. oh, right. <laughs> he he gets out he gets out of prison by the end of the show, but right. he doesn't do it in the way that he wanted to. He gets uh, <laughs> he gets stabbed by White Power Bill, um, <laughs> which is you know not the way that he really wanted to try and escape. See, it's a perfect uh, yes. uh, reason for me to listen to the podcast because I've got to catch up on um, my uh, Arrested Development knowledge. So. I can't wait to hear it. Um, yeah, so you can find that on uh, iTunes, or you can follow us on Twitter on uh, A Huge Mistake Pod, I think is the the name. And uh, Dan, where can we follow you on uh, Twitter for Blockbuster Dropouts? At Blockbuster Drop, or personally at Uncle underscore Back. Great stuff. Uh, wonderful speaking to you. Um, Thank you, Dan. Hoping to be able to speak to you on some future podcast. Absolutely. Um, but otherwise, it is goodbye from us. Bye. Bye.